0: Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Welcome back. Great to have you again on Financial Flight Plan Podcast. I'm Ben George. She's Brie Reyes. Brie, great to be back with you. We've had a few months off. A lot's happened since we talked to you last.
1: We have had a few months off, Ben. <laughs> it has been um, I, I, A lot Is is either the understatement or the Jeez. overstatement of the year. I don't <laughs> quite know how to describe. When my child later on asked me about the year 2020, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to describe it. <laughs>
0: When we were talking it's, before, Bree was like all innocent like, you know, what's Nate interested in? He was he was really into space at the time. So I don't still know what's into happened. Space. Okay. That that
1: hasn't changed. <laughs> but I'll say has. the the launch uh, of the astronauts to the International Space Station was a big big oh, yeah. that was deal cool. in my house.
0: That was awesome. Well, how are you holding up otherwise?
1: Good. Healthy? I mean <laughs> Everybody's healthy, knock on wood. Um so I don't know if there's a lot I can complain about, really.
0: Yeah, that's the approach I'm taking, too. I'm looking for the silver linings. I mean, I think we're all getting tired of being in the same routine all the time and having to take all the precautions. But, you know, I just think about all the extra time I get to spend with my little girl. um, And, you know, we've had daycare open. So things could be a lot worse for me as well. So I'm just kind of appreciative of what I do have.
1: It definitely, that's the one thing I think that I have gotten out of COVID. And I hope that um, a lot of other people have is appreciation for their teachers.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially as we move I, into another semester where school's up in the air. I think all, all the parents have a real appreciation right now.
1: So, yeah. No, it's 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 been a – 2020 has been a, a – you know that old saying, when you make plans, God laughs. Well, um, I'm one of those old school people that actually uses like a paper ca- uh, planner. And the – well, even still, I am whiting things out on <laughs> Because <laughs> I plan my year pretty early as far as conferences I'm going to go to and continuing education and different workshops we're going to do. And so now my like 2020 looks like it was sponsored by Whiteout.
0: <sighs> Jeez. What a year. What a year. Well, I'm glad to be back with you again and, and glad to talk some financial planning conversations as well. Uh, we're going to be doing that today. We got three hidden expenses that you need to be aware of. And we're going to get into that today. But let me just bring everybody back up to speed since it's been a little bit since we've been uh, with you here on the Financial Flight Plan Podcast. But you can find uh, Bree and her dad, Tim Estes, online, Estes Financial Services. You can find them at estesfinancial.net. They're on Facebook. They're on Twitter, on LinkedIn. You can also give them a call as well, old school, 817-444-8402. So Bree, let's talk today about uh, these hidden expenses. I think this is a great conversation because when you get into retirement planning, it's already going to be tough enough as it is, right? I mean, look, this year, I mean, it's everything you need to know about how difficult it can be to try to plan ahead. So we want to point out three areas where there are going to be some hidden fees and hidden expenses potentially that you need to be aware of. And I'm going to lay out each one of these. I want you to kind of break it down as we get into them, kind of what specifically we're looking for. And I want to start with taxes first, because I think this is an area where a lot of people just kind of assume, you know, taxes are probably going to drop down a little bit. I might, have, might not have to pay as much once I get into retirement. And I know you're big into it because you have your ticking tax time bomb toolkit. So this is a big, big topic for you. But what areas of taxes should we be thinking about?
1: Oh, this is a really good one. And yes, there is a common misconception about taxes in retirement. And while payroll taxes, so Social Security and Medicare typically drop off, and don't apply to retirement income unless you continue to work and earn wages. Federal income taxes still apply. And if you live in one of the states that has state income taxes, you those apply too. Now, luckily, wonderful, wonderful Texas. We don't really have those problems. But I know that we have federal employee listeners and listeners all over the world, not just the country. So I want to remind you that not all of you are fortunate enough to enough to live in the wonderful state of Texas. So (laughs) be aware that those exist. And then some of the most common sources of retirement income that may be taxed. Let's talk about those real quick. Pensions. If you are lucky enough to retire from an employer that has a pension. So if you are a federal employee, because I know we have a lot of federal employee listeners, you all have a pension. If you worked for an airline that had a pension at one point in time, you may you may have a pension it may be frozen but you may have a pension so because I also know we also have a lot of airline employee listeners as well if you're lucky enough to work for a company that had a pension and you were vested in it that may or may not still have them that's something to think about too most pensions are taxable as part of your ordinary income also if you're a government a city employee or state employee think about this as well or teachers by the way so you've got to think about that being taxable as ordinary income. So the portion that was contributed by your agency that was matched in your pension, because most pensions work where a good chunk of it is, or all, taxable to you in retirement. So something to think about. So we're not necessarily, if you have a pension, your income tax doesn't necessarily go down in retirement. The other thing to think about is Social Security. The majority of people rely on Social Security as some portion of their retirement income. And I found most people don't know that Social Security can be taxed. However, in most cases, it is. If you are filing as an individual and your income is between $25,000 and $35,000, you may have to pay tax on 50% of your benefits. And up to 85% of your benefits total are taxable. So something to think about. There's a common misconception of Social Security being considered a tax initially, and so it comes back tax-free. And that's not always true. And then a lot of us, most of us have employer sponsored retirement accounts that are tax deferred. You know, this is the T the regular TSP, this is the 401k, the 403b, IRA accounts, anything that you didn't pay tax on and you believe that myth of in retirement my income taxes are going to be lower so when I take money out it's not going to be as much. Well, that was the myth and that was the myth my industry loved and always talked about, but I'm not seeing it work out that way. That's part of the reason we developed the ticking tax time bomb toolkit. So since most contributions were tax deductible and employer contributions have never been taxed, when you start taking money out of a retirement account, a TSP, a 401k, a 403B, an IRA, those are usually fully taxable. Now exceptions to this are anything with the word Roth involved, or anything that is non-taxable because you paid the taxes while you were employed. So that doesn't apply. But traditional plans are a problem. And this is even more of a problem under the SECURE Act. Because now, if those accounts aren't dwindled during your lifetime, when you pass, if they're passed to a beneficiary who's not your spouse, say it goes to your kids, it creates a taxable problem for them. And I'm going to cover that on my next podcast, I've decided. So taxes are a huge, huge issue. And then the last thing I like to talk about is... (laughs) oh, those pain-in-the-butt taxes that we always have. I don't know, nuisance, uh, just those, those extraneous taxes that most people forget about. So, real estate property taxes. Now, in Texas, our property taxes go up dramatically. And the average, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, the average property tax rate across the United States is 1%. Now, you can cap certain things, at least where I live, once you hit certain ages, but some parts of the property tax still go up. And I find that most people, when they're financial planning, they they don't really consider property taxes. The other thing, vehicle personal property taxes are the most frustrating tax ever. <laughs> There's only 27 states that levy annual personal property taxes on your vehicles, and those range dramatically. But if you're in one of those 27 states, it's something to think about and something your um, financial plan probably should consider that might not
0: Yeah, I guess, especially if you buy, you're looking forward to buying that nice new car in retirement, right? Can add up pretty quickly.
1: It all adds up, especially if you're taking money out of your IRA to buy that nice new car. (laughs) Jeez. I mean, think about it. Now you've double taxed yourself.
0: Well, we know taxes and we talk about it quite a bit here on the show. It's just such a big part of the planning process that people often overlook. uh, And you already listed off a number of different items that you're going to have to be considering when you're laying out your plan in retirement. And, and that's a big deal. So we'll tell you more about the ticking tax time bomb toolkit that, that Bree offers as well uh, here in just a minute. I want to talk about insurance next. It's another recurring expense, right? Just like taxes that we that's not going to go away. We might hope it does, but in some form or another, you're going to be paying insurance premiums for a while. So let's talk about those hidden uh, expenses that you not, might not be planning for.
1: Ooh, insurance is one that isn't very well planned for, I find, especially health insurance, because you'll need to figure out your health insurance until at least 65 when you become eligible for Medicare. Now, it's very important to pay attention to Medicare and your health care options for anybody, but especially for federal employees. The reason why is retired federal employees rates r- remain the same as active employees however premiums are paid with after tax dollars and so and and most of the time the premiums go up i mean and it's one of those things that when you're working it's just kind of one of those your premiums are going up and you just okay i mean what are you going to do maybe drop down to a cheaper plan but you're not going to drop your health insurance And so that little 8% every year, you just kind of pay. It's one of those things. Well, 8% a year in retirement or over 20 years, that adds up. And the other thing to think about is in the private sector. So you're not a federal employee. Health insurance premiums tend to rise for retirees, sometimes dramatically, especially if their employer paid some of it before they retired. And then after retirement, it's all on you. And then that 8% annually, it per year increase or 7% annual per year increase of just your premiums. I mean, that adds up so dramatically. And this is an area that more and more people have underestimated in retirement health insurance costs that have come and bitten them. I've seen it happen, unfortunately, time and time again, when people come in our office and explain, look, my budget, I had, I had budgeted out, I'd budget every dollar, but there's this surprise rise and what do I do and how do I fix it? And sometimes we can help and sometimes we can't. And so it's something that I really really worry about. Taxes scare me, inflation scares me, which we're getting we're going to get to in a second, but also the rising cost of healthcare scares me quite a bit. So that's something to think about. Another insurance most people don't think about, but it is kind of an insurance. If you were one of those retirees that's lucky enough to have a pension, be it from wherever you were employed, most pensions have a survivor benefit that you can pay for that will allow your spouse to receive a portion of your pension after you are gone. The problem is people don't really look at the cost of what that survivor benefit is and how that cost goes up in retirement. Maybe with cost of living increases, that type of thing, the cost of the survivor benefit also goes up and that'll eat away at how much money you're receiving while you're alive. So it's important to know how much you're paying for a survivor benefit, also what, why you have a survivor benefit. Do you have it just for the survivor? Do you have it to ensure health care for the survivor? Know what the survivor benefit is there for and know the cost of it and make sure you haven't over-insured yourself. And then life insurance. Wow. As Amer- and this is specific to Americans. I see it more with Americans. We tend to buy health insurance or sign up for health insurance when we, are, when we start a company or start with our employer. And then we never look at it again. And so I have a lot of employees that come in and have never looked at their benefits through their employer, have never looked at the health insurance they bought when they were 20, don't know that it's term and it's already expired. That was a case that happened the other day. Um, And unfortunately, that person is no longer insurable, um, which is a really, really sad case because they thought that they had a half a million dollar life insurance policy and they didn't. It was term and it had expired and Due to health reasons now, it would be virtually impossible to get them insurance. And that's scary. It's really, really scary. And those prices of health insurance can go up. If we tried to insure that person now, it would be four times what their premium had been in the past if we could even get it at all. So it's something to think about. And then long-term care insurance. Regularly, I hear people say, I don't think I'm going to need it. I hate paying for it. I don't even want to think about it. And I can tell you personally, the best gift my parents have given me in my life, besides life, um, (laughs) is the fact that Julie and Tim, my partner here at Estes, they have long term care insurance. Uh, So it's something that I can I know that if something happens to one of them, I can breathe a little bit easier because uh, my sisters and I, I'm the one that's closest right now. And I know that it would probably fall to me. Um, just because I'm currently proximally the closest, right? Um, and and that scares me. So knowing that the they have long-term care taking care of has really reduced my anxiety and my stress because I know how expensive an assisted living facility can be. I know how expensive an Alzheimer's care unit can be, and I want to make sure my parents aren't in a. Medicaid facility. I mean, I don't want them to have to go through spin down. I have I've I've seen a Medicaid facility and Quite frankly, our dogs go to doggy daycare in a much better facility I I I don't feel comfortable having my parents there So it's something that scares me and that was maybe just that one one facility I'm not saying they're all like that, but it's something to think about and then the other insurance we've got to think about is is the stuff we we pay all the time that increases and those increases in retirement can be really painful to the budget. The home insurance, the auto insurance, the umbrella liability premiums, all of that stuff. We need to pay for We need to make sure that your coverage isn't overextended or under. You don't want to be under or not have enough insurance. But we want to m- make sure and prepare for those premiums to rise in retirement. Something we got to think about. And then the last biggest, scariest thing for me in retirement Ben, I don't know if you want to hit on this one, but it's the sneaky one. You know what I'm going to say?
0: Are you thinking about inflation?
1: I am. I am thinking about inflation. Because the way inflation works is prices rise gradually, so it's hard to detect. I mean, you go to the store, you buy the essential loaf of bread you need to make that wonderful French toast, or all those ingredients to make those Saturday morning pancakes. I'm on a breakfast kick today for some reason. (laughs) And you may not notice the, the prices of groceries rising a little bit, or, you know, occasionally you'll notice the price of gas goes up, but you don't really, really notice it. And it's, you can't see the, truly see the impact of these rising costs until you look at it. You step back and you look at, let's take a look at vehicles, the rising price of vehicles. Okay. For example, a 65 Chevy Corvette. There's, there's dad's favorite car. I'm throwing that in there for you, daddy. Um, (laughs) had a base price of $4,106. Jeez. I I haven't even priced a current Chevy Corvette or what a 65 (laughs) Chevy Corvette would cost today.
0: It's not that. But I can
1: tell you it's not four grand. (laughs) I mean, I don't think you can buy a a Yugo for four grand anymore if they're even still made. The base price of cars aren't even there. So you've got to take a look at what your fixed expenses are. And, and notice inflation on those because you really don't have a choice to pay them. I mean, you need to eat. It, it's one of those things. There's certain things you can't avoid in, in retirement. And so, do I think inflation, you know, inflation's been low lately? We really haven't talked about it a lot. Do I think it's going to come back? Yes, it has to, especially with what's happened in 2020. We have been printing checks and sending them to dead people. <laughs> I mean, it it's happened, and then the the federal government's asking them to. The IRS wants them back, and I'm yeah. going. Well, how do you? First of all, you sent a check to a dead person, and now you want the dead person to mail it back.
0: <laughs> that make it, that makes sense.
1: No, um, I would avoid those, by the way. It just would be much easier, I think. But yeah. we've gotten really used to low interest rates environments. We haven't had this. The CDs, the money market hasn't been there for growth in portfolios. And I'm afraid with the debt this is this country has racked up over the past several years, but especially this year, inflation's going to come back, and we're not going to be prepared for it at all, especially not retirees who haven't planned for it.
0: Yeah, I agree. And and you don't. It, it's like one of those things where you don't really notice it until you step back, and then just one day you're like, wait, when did the price of eggs become this, or the price of milk, or whatever it is? But it just happens over over time and, and eventually it all kind of hits you if you're not preparing for it along the way. And that's why we're talking about these three hidden expenses today in retirement so that as you're planning, you, you put a good plan in place so that as you move along, you can just make adjustments adjustments along the way with your uh, financial advisor, that professional in your life that you work with so that these things don't all hit you at once and, and they don't add up to a huge bill because they can, as you see, Breeze laid out a long list of things to consider here today. And I, I know for us on this show a lot, we talk taxes too, Bree, and I know this is a big part of these three hidden expenses. And I just want to encourage everybody and let you explain a little bit more, but visit the website, ssfinancial.net, because Bree's offering an opportunity to get their ticking tax time bomb toolkit at no charge.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And we actually have two different ticking tax time bomb toolkits, just so everybody knows out there. Um, we have a version for the general public, um, because. They are so important to us and, and a lot of these things matter more to them than anyone else. But I also, because we work with so many federal employees here at Estes Financial Services, we've recently developed a federal employee ticking tax time bomb toolkit um, because they have stuff like the pension and survivor benefit costs and the their TSP is a little bit different than a regular 401k. And so they have specialty needs. And so we've developed that for them. That's part of what we've been doing during this chaotic last few months while I while we took a break from the podcast. And so both of those are available via our website. They both include a financial flight plan book, but they're both there. Each one's a little bit different. We've geared one specifically to federal employees and specific things that they need to think about. Uh, we've got a CD about how taxes can affect your retirement. We've got a couple of reports in there and investor and awareness guides. So we've got it's quite a toolkit um, and but bo- it's valued at ninety seven dollars, but we send it out to listeners of the podcast for free. Dad's favorite word: F R E E. Free. free. <laughs> My favorite too. Uh, and we also have um, a digital version now as well. So, oh, nice. If you go to yeah, yeah, we've been busy. Uh, so, if you go to our website, we, you can get either the the live or or either the the full kit or the digital kit, whichever you prefer. And get that information out to you because it's super, super important. Because a lot of the financial plans, when someone comes into our office with um, that, wants a second opinion or even a first time opinion, these three things taxes, the rising cost of insurance, and inflation usually aren't really covered in what they have thought about. I had somebody come in the other day that was using 3% inflation and they had back tested their portfolio and it worked at 3% inflation. But when I bumped it up to just 5% for just a few years at the beginning of retirement, their plan fell apart. Huh. They ran out of money. So it's one of those things that you've really, really got to test. And taxes are a huge, huge part of that because you don't own your all, all of what's in your regular TSP or your regular 401k. And that's hard to think about. But a good chunk of that belongs to the US government. And at what rate, I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. We don't know what it's going to be either when you want to pull that money out. So that's a big part of it. Again, visit estisfinancial.net. Just contact them. There's a form right there on the front page. Let Brie know you want to get that Ticking Tax Time Bomb Toolkit, and she'll send it to you free of charge. And it's such a huge resource and a big help for anybody that wants to begin that tax planning process and take into account all the things that go into that as well. It's getting to know you time. Time now for a little getting to know Brie Reyes here on the show. We always ask Bree a question outside of finance to get the, to know her and what's going on in her life. So I'm ready to catch up a little bit with this one for you, Brie. What's something from your past that you get nostalgic about and think about on a regular basis?
1: Ooh, this is really, really hard because it's probably food and it's probably food from I, I am the product of a blended family. It's not something that I hide, but it's not something I normally go around telling people either. So um, I spent a lot of time in Wichita, Kansas growing up. That's where I was born. And that is where um, my stepmom currently lives and my biological dad. Tim is um, my stepdad, just for anybody he didn't know. Um, we are father daughter. He walked me down the aisle at my wedding. He is my daddy and he's been in my life for Lord knows as long as I can remember. But I also have another dad. And so I did spend summers in Wichita, Kansas. And so something I get nostalgic for on a regular basis, Freddy's, which is a chain in Wichita or a restaurant that that started in Wichita, Kansas, that's now become a national chain. So every once in a while, my husband will look at me and realize that I need a Freddy's fix and I need a what is it called a turtle a custard, a turtle custard from Freddy's and a Freddy's burger. And he, there's one about 30, 45 minutes from our house and he will drive, he will drive me there. (laughs) (laughs) And before that Freddy's was open, he would like, yeah, I would just cry. Um, so yeah, I do. It's foods. It's foods that remind me of my childhood. So it's, it's Freddy's from Wichita. It's my grandma's coconut cream pie. It is dad's breakfast tacos, but luckily I'm, I'm, live close enough to Tim that I can go out to the lake house and dad will usually make me breakfast tacos if I show up on a Sunday morning. So, (laughs) you know, just different things, but that's, that's really, it's certain foods that I don't make that don't taste as good when I make them as they do when my parents do.
0: I didn't realize Freddy's was a Kansas thing. Oh yeah. That's pretty cool.
1: Oh yeah. Wichita, Kansas baby.
0: We had, I I hadn't had one until about a few years ago when one opened up close to where I was living at the time and uh, got to try for the first time. Really enjoyed it
1: though. It was good stuff. Steak burgers and frozen custards yeah that is my, yeah, they're they're now in a lot of states, but they were they' were at Kansas Steel, and they have pictures of Wichita all throughout their locations. And um, like I said, it just makes me happy. It's like I, we go in and my husband just laughs at me because I get all nostalgic about Wichita and about having grown up there or having been born there. I mean, i pretty I didn't really grow up there, but I spent my summers there,
0: yeah, well, that's awesome. We all have that that special connection to a a local, Fast food joint that uh, just we won't always have from time to time that uh, reminds us of our childhood and and for Bree it's Freddy's out of uh, out of Kansas so that's good to know good to know. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, let's uh, close out the show with a mailbag question today, and it comes in from Samantha. Again, if you ever have anything on your mind, please don't hesitate to reach out to Bree or Tim at SS Financial. They'll be happy to help you with any questions you have. We try to bring some of those questions here to the show and answer them uh, as best we can based on the information provided. And Samantha writes in and says, unless something goes horribly wrong, we should be leaving a significant amount of money to our kids, but I can't decide if we should tell them about our plants now or just let it be a surprise. I'm certain they have no idea what our net worth is like.
1: Ooh, Samantha, this is this is a hard one because I get it. As a parent, you don't want to give your children too much information, nor do you want them to start living the life of a... Um I'm trying to choose my words very carefully here because I know my biggest podcast l- listener and biggest podcast fan is my mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to give them a false sense of a security at all. But with the passing of the SECURE Act at the beginning of 2020, it really changed how legacies are left to children and the taxation of those legacies. So it might be worth sitting down and having a conversation about, you know, hey, we've got some stuff that is in IRAs that may be something you need to think about, you know, going forward or something we may need to plan together. Because with the passing of the SECURE Act, it changed how IRAs are passed to non-spousal beneficiaries. So your kids, for example. And how that money that may come to them is is allowed to be distributed and the length of time that they can get that money out and how much that money is going to impact their taxes. So it's something that I would, as a child of baby boomers, appreciate knowing so I could start planning for it. And maybe you don't give them the exact dollar amounts, but just kind of, hey, this this is something and and we need to start thinking about it. Like, like I said, the best gift my parents gave me besides life and my college education, Giga Maggie's, is... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Is knowing that they have their long-term care benefits taken care of, um, especially because as I talked about in this podcast, being the child of of divorce in Texas and a blended family in Texas, I don't have two parents. I have five parents right now, and then I have my in-laws. So that's seven people I could actually be in charge of. Well, my stepmom's got her own, um, her own daughter. So, really, it would just be my parents, my bonus mom, and my biological father, I think. But then I also have my in-laws. That's six people that my husband and I could potentially be in charge of if they got to a dementia Alzheimer's position. And I have siblings. I have great and wonderful siblings that I love nearly and dearly, but I tend to be the one that is closer sometimes, proximity-wise. Uh, for at least a few of them. So knowing that who has long-term care taken care of, knowing who's at least thought about it, puts it takes some anxiety off my plate. And maybe it's just because I'm in this business and I focus on it, but I really, really think it you would do your children a great disservice not having at least some of these conversations with them.
0: Great. Well, thank you, Samantha, for that question. We appreciate it. Again, cinnamon, Connect on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you prefer. Send it over to us, and uh, we'll try to do our best answer right here on the Financial Flight Plan Podcast. So that'll do it for this episode. Bree, great to catch up with you again. And I know it's important that with 2020, the way it's gone, I think we all realize how important planning is, and especially getting ahead of these hidden expenses potentially is uh is so crucial
1: well we know there's only so much we can control this year has definitely taught us that so let's (laughs) control what we can and everybody going listening go out and lead an abundant life